drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Derek Gokri. Uh It's going to be a great show, as I often say. I got some news and notes off the top. We are in our Dollars Make Sense series, where I am going to talk about offensive line, defensive line, their contracts, and why those two areas are so important. We've got some news and notes. We are also going to have Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated. All Lions is going to be on the show, so drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread! Make it a double. Cornbread! And uh, like I say, there's lots to get into. So before I do the quick news and notes, if you guys didn't see, if you're Lion season ticket holder, they did put out an email. Um, so you can reserve your spot to go to training camp. It's either that July 30th day, which is a Saturday, I believe, or August 5th, which is a Friday. So those are the season ticket holder only ones. There's also plenty of other ones where anyone can come. There's also a family Fan Fest down at Ford Field on August 6th, which is Saturday. That gets rolling. Um, they're going to have all types of events beforehand. The practice, I believe, is from around 11 to 1, so kind of in the middle of the day there. So if you want to check out the Lions uh, live practice or down at training camp, definitely go do that. Um, always a good time and always get you fired up for uh, football to come. So let's just we don't mess around here on the show. Let's get right into it. So my quick news and notes are you guys heard me last week kind of go on a half rant half just praising Jameson Williams everybody out there you know loves this player but because the Lions took him and because he's not fully healthy you're hearing people starting to him and haw you know what we have Peter King showing the Lions a lot of love, but said Jamison Williams isn't going to be back till after Thanksgiving. I also then heard another podcast right after that talks all football, fantasy football, that said, you know, he might not do much early in the preseason in camp, but they expected him to be ready that first game or the first couple games, thus ease him in slowly that way. So nobody really seems to know, but I went on a big rant saying, this guy is such a ball player. He's going to be one of the fan favorites in Detroit. There was a video put out by the Detroit Lions saying who should have the greatest speed rating in Madden. And you heard people keep saying Leaf, 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 Cleef Raymond, Cleef, Cleef. And then there were some other people in there. Um, you know, my favorite was Ali McNeil, who thought he should be the fastest. Big plump. Um, 
But the the reason they're saying all these other players because they haven't seen Jamo on the football field yet. Once they see that, there will be no question. And the reason why is because regardless of Madden maybe rating Jamar Chase as the 18th best wide receiver, they definitely got the speed ratings right because I've been quoted on this show, I probably said it last week as well, that right after Tyreek Hill, it's Jamison Williams of the Detroit Lions when it comes to speed. So they gave him a 98 in speed, which was incredible. You know what also was incredible? Jamison Williams on Twitter. <laughs> there was a photo that came out of him uh, lifting weights, if you want to call it that. I think he had 20, 25-pound dumbbells in one or both hands. He was on one of those balancing uh, bubbles that they have. But the best part of this tweet in the photo was JMO doing this in designer jeans, sagging down to his knees in a in a cool t-shirt i mean this guy this i think the caption said jameson or jamo never change and i i felt the same i mean this guy is so swaggy so confident he's just in the gym in like his full like hangout gear still getting lifts and still working on that leg and just being cool as ever so that was incredible but is that more incredible than a tweet from himself you guys can find him at Big, I don't know if it's Big S G JMO or if it's Big G JMO, but B I G S G J A M O. Go find him on Twitter, give him a follow. Look at this. JMO always has a fun, like, you know, emoji, icon, whatever you want to call it, after his name. Before he had some crazy stuff, which I didn't know what it was. Now he's got a karate outfit after his uh, after his handle there. But this is what I want to tell you guys. This is why this guy is so incredible. Again, his tweet, the day I'm recording here, came out this morning about him and the 40-yard dash. Listen to this. This is as best I can do to read this incredible tweet from Jameson Williams of the Detroit Lions about his 40 time and his Madden rating. Get this. Nah, FR, which I believe is for real. Nah, FR, though. I ran 23 miles per hour hella times last year. Practice and game. Fully padded. Crying emoji face. <laughs> Some of them had to get naked run 40s for that. <laughs> I, J-U-S, I just see people say, I-A-N, deserve... The 98. I really deserve a hundred. Crying face emoji. 100. GM, which I think is good morning and a big sun, uh, sunny day uh, look. So, I mean, I didn't probably do it full justice, but that's my best uh, narration of Jameson Williams on Twitter. This guy's funny. This guy's him. You know what I love so much about this, and I got so much more to get into. I'll keep this rolling, but. Jamison Williams is such a real dude, and when 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 Brad Holmes called him a dog, and you guys know how that's spelled on this podcast, D A W G, that's what this guy is, man. He just knows he's good, he knows he's swaggy, he knows he he's himself. And he doesn't apologize for it, which I love. So when this guy wears the 18 or the one or whatever number he's going to end up rocking long term here in Detroit. It's going to be absolutely electric when he hits the field. So, JMO, keep tweeting. Keep sending out workout pictures of you that are hilarious. Keep telling people that instead of a 98, you should have been 100 in speed. And then when you get right, man, 
get on the field, run past everyone, and and hope Jared Goff can get you the football. I can't wait to see it. Another quick news and notes: Dan freaking Campbell. You you know that you know this guy, right? I mean, I I haven't played in a while, so I might as well just hit it. We're gonna bite a kneecap off. We're gonna smile at you. We're gonna take your other kneecap. We're gonna smile at you, and when we do, we're gonna take another hunk out of you. We're gonna be the last one standing. All right, that's gonna be the mentality. That's going to be the mentality. That's Dan freaking Campbell. And he was quoted here recently of saying he loves when people talk about SOL. He loves when people bring up that they think this is still the same old lines. He said that it motivates them. They love it. They love the disrespect. They love people thinking that they're just the same old type of football team. I love that moxie and mentality for him to say it. He's not hiding from it. He's not acting like, oh, we don't read the papers. We're not worried about it. Um, Dan Campbell has a swagger, a sense of motivation to him. And he said he thinks this team is like Rich Strike. And if you guys don't know what that is, that was one of the most incredible videos ever. Go pull it up on YouTube of Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby where, like, this horse is in, like, last place with with no time left in the race. I mean, <laughs> heading down the back stretch. And then this thing just goes in warp speed and just flies past everyone. And Dan Campbell said he thinks he's got some players that are like Rich Strike. He thinks his team might be like Rich Strike. How about the Lions going from three dub skis to coming down that home stretch and maybe getting in the playoffs, winning the division this year? I mean, that would be incredible, don't you think? Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. That's for... The people. And the people consist of the millions. <laughs> Incredible. Hope you guys drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid like I try to serve up here on the show. Last thing before we get rolling, who's the top Lions fantasy player this year? I mean, we got T, J, Hawkinson. <laughs> we got DeAndre Swizzle, as I call him on the show. DeAndre Swift. We got the man I dubbed, and it's a great nickname because nobody has a nickname with four initials, basically. A-R-S-B. I'm on Raw. St. Brown. <laughs> We've got DJ Chark, my boy. <laughs> going to be running past people. Swaggy, 24 years old, running 4-3. He's going to be fun to watch. Or is it the guy I just talked about at Biggs G Jamo <laughs> Jameson Williams? Now, most of you, if you're fantasy savvy, are going to say got to throw Jamo out because everyone's assuming he's going to miss ball games. What if he doesn't? <laughs> what if he plays week one? <laughs> what if he plays week two or three and he's just absolutely that damn good as we, as he was in college? I mean, I'd be drafting this guy in dynasty all day if I had the opportunity. He's incredible long-term play. He's going to be a top talent at the wide receiver position on a fun offense to watch here in Detroit once they get rolling. And the conservative people would say it's T.J. Hawkinson <laughs> because he's been the pass catcher. He's been kind of the focal point here. He's a pretty good football player. We think he can be better. Um, and maybe this is the year. Maybe it's not. But there's a lot of hype around Swizzle. <laughs> Swift is the guy that you see out there being talked about of maybe having a breakout year, maybe blowing up here for the Detroit Lions. And then you got Amon Ra, <laughs> which I think 
is going to be a volume player, man. I think he's going to get a lot of short passes. I think he might find the end zone a lot. But I'm also tempering a hype because he's the easy play just because of what he did at the end of last year. Is he really a dynamic, you know, top third of the league fantasy type wide receiver? So if I had to roll the dice here in this first year, I mean, give me Swizzle this year in 2022. Give me Swift to have a really nice season and more catching, more receiving than you would think, more touchdowns than you would think, more big-time plays than you would think. A couple of the players said he is the fastest guy on the team, which, again, because they haven't seen J-Mo. But I'd probably put Swift there, uh, you know, and and don't don't sell my boy Chark short. I think, you know, if they get him the football, especially early in the year before um, J-Mo is up to full speed, uh, Chark might have some really nice games. I'm talking a hundy and a touch, things like that. But uh, give me Swizzle as the fantasy player for the Lions to have both now and the future. Um, having a big breakout year and staying healthy, which I know everybody wants as well. So that's what I got off the top. Now, we, sh- we should have Logan Lamarandier calling in probably in the next five, ten minutes, whatever it may be. He's a busy man. He's got the uh, the multiple kids. He's got the big job. He's, he's running around like crazy. But I love having Logan on um, talking Detroit Lions. You guys can find him at Sports Illustrated All Lions. He's uh, He's got articles up. He's uh, often on the huge show, which you guys can find on either podcast or stream, you know, um, the radio show for the huge show. He usually jumps on there and talks lions and he's gracious enough to come on here. We get him about once a month or so um, talking whatever we got going on here on the pod, things like that. So he's going to come on. But before he does that, I'll just dive into this dollars make sense series. And then we'll get Logan's thoughts when he calls in the Detroit Kool-Aid cast hotline, which he does. Joey from the Believe Podcast Network does. My buddy Chops does. And we got some great callers out there that do as well. Lots of you have been jumping on this. I'm talking about KP um, calling in, having a great take. I'm talking about Cornbread Jerry. I'm talking about Steve from Cal. I got to pull all these guys up because there's getting to be so many I forget about. Them. I'm talking about Mike in the NYC. I'm talking about Keith from Puerto Rico. C. Mill from Wisco. I'm talking about Paul. From Tampa, how about uh, how about Tommy Lyon from NY from from the Big Apple there? How about where's Frank Ribble when you need him? Frank, give us a call. It's nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four. I mean, we got John. Uh, gosh, I'm just going down the list here, man. So many of you guys have either texted in or called or say you're gonna call August second. Me and Chops on the show, playing calls that have come in from the last time we had a pod, taking live calls, promoting the hotline, doing basically a call-in promotion type show to try to get you guys fired up to don't be afraid, either call in, text, um, leave a voicemail, whatever you want to do. And uh, I want those throughout the season. I want like calls and texts like mid-game, after the game, leading up to the game. I want predictions, all types of stuff. And if if it's good enough, it's funny, we'll play it here on the podcast. So I um, just want to throw that out there before we get rolling too. But Logan's going to call up that hotline, but um, we'll just dive in the offensive lineman. Go ahead and talk about Taylor Decker real quick, my first offensive lineman, the left tackle, usually the most important position. He's also the, the highest paid, you know, 8.68%. Of the overall salary cap, he, his cap hit comes around $18.9 million. 
Obviously, the NFL is a little different. You know, when you break it down, his his base salary is around fourteen point seven million. He has a couple bonuses, both signing and um, workout bonus. Um, to get a re- little restructure as well to give the Lions some room, so that that's going to count as well. You know, they're not moving on from Taylor Decker. It'd be a twenty-four million dollar cap hit. Um, there's also there's actually a potential out in twenty twenty-three, which I didn't know. So. If something really bad happened or the Lions thought they could really get a, a more superior left tackle or younger cat, whatever it may be, there is an out after this season making it a three-year, $42.4 million deal in total with a $12.5 million dead cap if they were to move on from Taylor Decker. And Taylor Decker's 29 years old, so this contract runs through a 31, so not bad on both ends. He's not the youngest guy in the world, but he's not old. 29, 30, 31 seasons, he should be very good. He's very technical. He's um, very sound. I wouldn't call him a mauler. I wouldn't call him a great run blocker per se. But uh, I've always liked Taylor Decker, and you guys know that if they listen to the show. So very happy to have him at the left tackle position. And that's kind of where his contract comes in. If they keep him, you know, you're looking at 13.7 that next year, 12.9. Um, you know, as, as base salaries and his cap hit basically stays both years around $17.5 million if they would keep him on the books. Um, it's a hefty number, but you do pay the left tackle. You know, that's that's something that's important to do for your football team, and I think he's been uh, very good here for this football team. Now, when you go over the right tackle, this this is the dog right here. This is the guy, and that's Penne Sewell, um, number 58. I mean, this guy... He's a he's a mauler. He's got a great mentality. He's on a rookie contract. Got him luckily at seventh overall. Um, just looking at these numbers are crazy. Like in 2022, the guy's base salary is 825k. Um, you know his his cap hits like not even five and a half million dollars in total. You know he's he stays there for the next two years. He doesn't even get above. 8 million throughout this rookie deal through 2024 everybody did I mention he's still 21 years old right now won't be 22 until basically when the season starts I love everything about Penny Sewell I was so happy that I got Penny Sewell I couldn't believe Penny Sewell fell to the Lions and uh He's just going to be a great ball player. There's been people already talking about, and I totally agree with them, gold jacket type player in Penny Sewell. And you got to love that contract as the, the NFL rookie contracts are incredible. Just have to mention that again. Let's go ahead and get the starters in here real quick. So Vitae, you know, is coming in at eight plus million. But we got to get Logan Lamer in here. That's calling him live, everybody. Let's just pick this up right now. Detroit Kool-Aid cast, Oakry. Oakry. It's Logan. What's up, man? Logan, what's going on, man? Uh, I was just oh, telling the people that you're calling in. I get, I promoted the hotline. I just started I, – I went on a few rants and tangents like I often do. So I'm just getting into the offensive lineman, man. How you been? Oh, been good. Been busy and, uh, you know, ready ready for football season to start. You know, this, this off-season lull, it always, um, it's a long wait. No doubt. You, you need a you need a Kool-Aid fill-up maybe get you going? Yeah, that sounds great. Drink it in, man. 
<laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> Logan, like what I've been doing, man, and it's a little bit late in the off season, but I wanted to get this in. It's kind of my dollars make sense series. So I want to talk about contracts, player positions. So we've worked through quite a few. Today I'm doing trenches, man. Offensive line defensive line now i was going to bring this off the top but i wanted to save it till you jumped on you always hear like oh the trenches are the most important you know but i've been a proponent of saying in today's game you got to have guys i don't know like jameson williams that are just fast and athletic and crazy talented um are you a proponent of trenches first and foremost or are you like this new game's about speed talent offensive putting up points where do you fall on that before we get rolling on the dollars makes sense yeah i think it's a little bit of a mix i i still think that the trenches are vitally important especially on the edge at both tackle and defensive end because uh, you need to have a pass rush to get to good quarterbacks and you have to be able to protect your quarterback. Uh, I, I think a lot of it though, you know, with having five offensive linemen and, you know, typically four defensive linemen and then you include the rotation that there typically is as well on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it's, it's a lot more than just four guys. So you're, I think you need to invest in those positions, but you can't just be paying top dollar at every single position. A lot of times you're going to have to backfill maybe players who leave with younger players or, or uh, veterans who might not be getting paid all that much. So I, I think it's important, but at the same time, you can't just be spending a ton of money at those positions. Cause as you mentioned, I, I wide receivers, uh, you know, the, the skilled players are very valuable and you can kind of do that the same way that you do with offensive line too, where you kind of have a mix of young talent that are on a cheap rookie contract with some bigger price guys. But, um, you know, I think that's right down the middle, probably the line that I usually take. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say perfect right off the bat. You kind of hit both sides and ended up right in the middle, which I love. It always makes me laugh, but, uh, like I'm, I'm a little bit with you on this one because, I get it that it starts up front on both sides of the ball. I also love when you walk off the bus and you've got some beasts that just scare people. And I think the Lions have done it right. You know, they paid their left tackle. They got a nasty physical guy on the right side. You know, they've drafted a few guys. They paid Frank Ragnow once he showed he was a beast. It's like this nice mix of paying but also drafting talent. And now they're doing that offensively where you got, you know, running backs and wideouts and, you know, uh, you know, tight end that might get paid here shortly. So I think they're doing a real nice mix when it comes to contracts and in the trenches as well as with skill. And that's really what you need. You can't just pay wide receivers and quarterbacks 20, 50 million to think you're going to win and have nobody up front that can block and you can't have a bunch of hogs that are great at blocking and you got no skilled talent we saw that kind of last year with the lions where they didn't have any game changers on the outside or, or able to do anything so i'm I, let's settle right in the middle logan on that one i guess yeah for for the most part i mean really the offensive line it's it's really important i think you can actually go cheaper at other positions if you have a good enough offensive line but i mean if we're in a vacuum and we're talking about just spending on offense. The Lions are spending a lot of money on offense this year. You know, there's more than just being able to spend on offense too. If you're able to save elsewhere with um, finding veterans who can fill in and play, do a, do a decent job at least where if you have elite players around them, I think it can really help make the entire team around them a lot better. And guys that um, need more help look a lot better than they really are. If you have the right pieces up front in place. 
Yeah. No, good point by you. I actually forgot that a couple weeks ago it came out the lines of the most expensive offense, which shocked a lot of people. But it's because yeah. of all that money in the offensive line, as well as that, that quarterback that we're all hoping plays plays pretty well. I already talked about him uh First week of dollars makes sense, so hopefully he'll be able to uh, throw some spirals and uh, make plays. And that offensive line, we always said, like, oh, if he just had time, if number nine back there just had time, imagine what he could do. Well, we're hoping we really see it um, this year, and, and he has people to throw to as well. So, Logan, how about this, man? You jumped on. I did my rant and raves in the beginning uh, to entertain the people. How about we take a quick pause for our commercial break get our great sponsors in here and i left off at hal vita i only talked about decker and sewell so how about we'll just rumble through those those starting guys up front hit some of the backups and then work our way to the d line man the pass rushers which i think we should be excited about too here with the lions yeah sounds good i think decker and sewell are probably pretty straightforward and hal vita that's that's the big one I was going to say, that's the one I want to talk about or hear your, hear your thoughts on because um, it's a big number. He played really well last year, but, you know, me and you, I, I'm sure, probably think there's a good and bad with that player, and I'm not sure we'll end up on the middle on that one between me and you, but everybody, we'll take a quick pause. We'll come back and talk all about that. So glad to have Logan on and talk dollars that make sense here for the Lions on the Trenches edition. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, we got the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions. I already promoted his stuff before he came on. I said go check out those articles, see what he's up to, see what he's got going on Lions-related. Definitely go give him that follow on Twitter. And he jumped on at a good time because I just started talking about the trenches, the O-line. I was glad to get his opinion on kind of uh, is it O-line, is it skill guys. We're talking about the big nasties on both sides of the football today and their contracts. So I was just about to get to Hal Vitae at $8.7 million when it comes to a cap hit. This guy got a big deal from the former regime. He played like a turnstile out at right tackle. Now he's inside at right guard. Had a really nice year last year, and people are anointing this guy as some type of dominant, you know, just stalwart there at the right guard position. But eight point, you know, eight million basically uh, as a cap hit is no uh, small number. Do you love this player where he's at? Do you think he could be a cap casualty uh, sooner than later? Where are you at with him? Yeah, so I don't necessarily think he'll be a cap casualty this year. Um, he's a starter first and foremost, but. Uh, before they gave him that restructure, I thought he was definitely in that um, precarious situation where he could have been a cap casualty this year just because they could have saved a lot of money and there weren't going to be a ton of dead cap uh, on on the books if they were to cut him this year. But uh, I, I think they only save about $3 million if they were to cut him this year, and I think they probably need him. But you start looking into the future a little bit when his cap hit starts getting up around eleven million dollars over the next two seasons uh each season's 11 million i i don't think he's quite there as a player um especially you know a couple years ago 
uh, when the Lions first signed him. I don't think he's that type of player that should command that type of money. And it's nice having him because he is able to play some tackle. He's, uh, he can move outside, but he's not necessarily great at it. So, so to me, I think uh, I'm, I'm not cutting him this year or anything like that. But next year, you could save about $8 million uh, by releasing him. So I think that would be the time to do it because at the end of the day, yeah, he had an okay season last year. It was pretty good. It was a lot better than his first season in Detroit. I don't think the drop-off from him to a lot of players who come in at a fraction of the cost is that great of a difference, and especially when you have Frank Ragnow and Sewell surrounding maybe a younger player or a veteran who's getting a lot less money. I don't think you would see a significant drop-off in play, and I think it's one of the spots or one of the players on this roster who it would make sense um, you know, to try to find someone cheaper because the Lions are paying a lot of money along that offensive line. And uh, you kind of want to allocate your resources maybe elsewhere. I think Vitae would be the guy to kind of eventually move on from. But I'm not saying it's this year, but, at, you know, honestly, it wouldn't be super surprising if maybe a guy like Tommy Kramer or Logan Stenberg came along and were playing well in camp and preseason. And they're like, hey, we can save some money by cutting Vitae. But I don't think that will happen, but I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if it did. Yeah, um, what's I'm just looking at the details while while you're going through all that, and they had a potential out heading into the season. You know, like you said, they uh, they decide either not to use that that could have got them out of this deal. The number this year at 8.8 is still a lot, but it does jump all the way up to over 11 in cap hit next year. And like you said, um, there would be that savings if they were to move on. He'll be 30 years old. So I guess I'm where I stand on this is I'm never a huge proponent of interior guards being like the end all be all. I feel if you look at most teams, they kind of are able to find them in all types of rounds of the draft and whatnot. And, you know, to pay them if they're not all pros, which obviously how Vitae is not and, you know, different things, it's kind of like. I would find him other ways, so I'm with you. I guess, like, he's got a good mix. He seems to fit in well. They seem to like him. He's already paid, basically. I'm rolling with him this year, but I'm definitely moving on by taking a guy in the fifth, sixth round next year or elevating one of these guys. I mean, I've kind of given up on some of the depth guys you mentioned, but um, it would be nice if somebody could plug in there. So Hal Vitae is one of the bigger question marks when it comes to dollars making sense here for the Lions, but um, he did have a nice bounce back here when they kicked him inside, no doubt about it. So, Logan, we, we got so many guys to get into, man. We'll have to kind of move through these, but I still want to focus a little bit on the starter. So I've talked about uh, three out of the five. Let's talk about Jonah Jackson next, the left guard. Uh, drafted in the third round he's got a cap hit of around 1.3 this year Um, he's been a really solid player he's had a little bit of ups and downs but um, you know was able to kind of get that alternate pro bowl type bid he seems to be coming in his own I love his mentality and you gotta love that rookie third year contract that he's still on so any any issues with him moving forward or re-upping him for decent money Uh, where where you at with um, Jonah Jackson yeah, I think he's a, a solid young player and definitely been on that rookie contract, uh, a third round contract that's just over a million dollars a year. And you can't complain, especially for a guy being a pro bowler about only making a million dollars a year. I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised he made a pro bowl. Uh, I didn't think he was great last year, but that's kind of what the pro bowl is sometimes. I think he's a good, solid 
left guard, but also if he, if he tries to, you know, really cash in, I don't know if I'd be willing just yet to do that. And he still has uh, this year and next year on his contract. So it's not like mm-hmm. the Lions have to make that decision, but I think they do need to be careful because they're going to have to pay Sewell. They're already paying Ragnow, uh, Taylor Dexter, uh, you know, at the end of next year when maybe Jonah Jackson will be looking for an extension, you know, Taylor Decker's getting up there in age and would only have a couple years left on the contract. But again, going back to only spending so much money on the offensive line, it just, it'd, it'd be interesting to, to know what Jonah Jackson would be looking for in terms of his salary and what he wants to get. And anytime you have a pro bowl on, on your sheet and on your resume, I think it increases the price, but I don't think the line should get carried away and feel like they necessarily have to pay him because again, I think he was a lot like Thai last year where they're kind of on the same um, length, wavelength of wh- where their play was at. I think they were both good, uh, not necessarily great. And they were fortunate enough to be surrounded by a lot of really good players. Well, I guess with Ragnow, he was missed most of the season and Taylor Decker missed <laughs> a good portion of the season too. So maybe Jonah Jackson didn't, didn't have that luxury as much, but um, he, he's a guy, anytime you draft a player, you want to keep him around. So that's my hope. I'm just hoping, he, you know, that Pro Bowl doesn't go to his head where he thinks he deserves uh, elite money or anything like that. Yeah, I, th- I think somewhere on that resume after Pro Bowl, it, it must say in parentheses like 10th alternate, just so he's aware that uh, <laughs> that's that's what occurred to get there. But he, he's very solid, uh, definitely keeping him for those two years. The Lions are – this is the reason I think they're a very sneaky team because they've been bad the last four or five however many years in a row. So they've got these high-end picks that they've done pretty well at, if you want to be honest. So they've got all these guys on these rookie deals. I mean, Jonah Jackson makes 0.5% of the overall salary cap based on what he what he's making, the same as Logan Stenberg, if you can believe that, for what he's getting production-wise. So I think that um, you know they are going to have to make those tough decisions here in a couple of years. But for the time being, man, just roll these guys out there, let them make plays, and we'll go from there. So... Let's get to the big dog. Let's get to Frank Rag now in the middle there. Uh, Frank got re-upped, um, you know, before last year. Unfortunately, he, he missed the year, as you noted, with that uh, foot injury. And we didn't get to see what it would look like with him and the other guys out there. He's a dominant player, really smart player. You look at this contract. He got a four-year, $54 million deal. Um you know, heading into last season, when that kind of kicks in this year, it brings his cap hit from, you know, before where it was like four million bucks to now it doubles, basically gets you in that seven and a half, eight million range. And then next year, it goes up to 16.5. So um, it definitely jumps up quite a bit heading into next year. But this guy's so dang solid. I can't see him ever being a guy that they really want to move on from. But I'm looking at these numbers. I mean, a potential out after t- before 2025. And and that's where the cap hit goes again. It's it's in that 15 range for those years. I mean, that's a lot to pay a center when you're talking about $15 million cap hit. Do you feel it's worth it? Do you think that we're going to look at those numbers in a couple of years and be like, man, $15 million for Frank is a lot? Or are we just going to be like, wow, this guy's such a dominant player in the middle that we're happy with it? You know, so I think with a player like Ragnar, who is as dominant as he is, and the Lions don't have many of those like elite players at any one position and Ragnow is elite and you have to keep those players around. And I, I think he does make a big difference in the 
center is a bit of an unheralded position, but it's a very important position. And so to me, I, I'm fine with paying uh, Ragnow what he's projected to get uh, paid every year. And with the salary cap increasing, it should get a little lighter. And I think there'll be other centers who make more than him. But I, the Lions just need dominant players regardless of position, and that's what Ragnow is. So I, I'm happy to have him around long term. If he is consistent with his play and he continues doing what he's able to do when he's on the field and healthy, uh, I have no issue paying him what he's being paid because he honestly deserves it. He's one of the best centers in the league. And yeah, it's not a sexy position, like I said, but uh, it is an important position. You're the quarterback of the offensive line and he, I think he deserves what he's getting paid. Love the player. The more I look at this contract, it gets kind of dicey two, three plus years from now, but um, I'm not going to worry about that. I, I just want to see a healthy Frank in the middle with those other dogs up front pushing people around. That's my one thing about Frank Greg now is I like to see him. I know there's a couple YouTube clips and stuff of him burying people, but I'd like to see that consistent push instead of just uh, the technical side and, and him really being nasty up front. But uh, obviously love the player. He's, rega- he's regarded as kind of the top center, top two or three in the game, which is great. So let, let's just uh, look at some of the backups. I mean, I'm looking at Logan Stenberg. Like I said, he makes similar money to Jonah. Um, he's not done a damn thing since he took him in the fourth round. So he can't even, you know, make a, a can't even get suited up on game day. They've got a guy named Kevin Jarvis, um, who I'm unaware of. They've got Evan Brown. They re-upped him, which I like what Evan Brown did. He really showed they'd come in and just be a nasty football player, play guard or center, you know, no nonsense type of guy. I mean, the guy's bumped up now to over two million bucks a year. Um, nice little raise, I think, for him and, and show for his production. For some reason, Ryan McCollum is still on the roster. We saw him get worked every time he was in the game. Matt Nelson, who they seem to love, who's like a former defensive lineman that they keep putting out there in a pinch and just like, I don't know that he's as great as they think he is. The one and only Dan Skipper is still on the roster, which there's a lot of good Dan Skipper jokes out there. Um, they got Easy, Easy E. I don't know how you say it, but it's the undrafted kid with crazy length. I mean, the guy could tie his shoes without bending over. I think he's got some upside if he can um, find his way in training camp. Um, you know, and the kid out of Ferris State is there as well as a, as kind of uh, those are your tackles, your your overall offensive lineman depth. I hit him rapid fire, Logan. Pick out a couple if you want to talk about him or just kind of – or do any of those guys really make an impact? Yeah, I mean, none of these guys are getting paid much money. I think Evan Brown is probably getting paid the most out of any of them, and mm-hmm. he deservedly played into the contract he was given, and that's a solid depth, especially at center, um, to have him around. So I, I don't – again, just getting, what, a couple million a year, like, that's fine. Um, and then yeah, Logan Stenberg, yeah, he's he's got to prove himself this year because he hasn't done much of anything since coming into the league. Uh, it's, hopefully he's a guy that can turn it around. But, uh, you know, Tommy, again, there's there's plenty of guys like Tommy Kramer who could probably provide you just as much as Logan Stenberg is doing at a cheaper cost. So it just depends on – with these guys, it's just keeping the best the best player, whoever – plays the best through training camp and through the preseason, just keep them on the roster. None of them cost that much. These are your depth type of pieces with that you need, and you need to kind of find the diamonds in the rough and guys that can fill in in a pinch. But um, since some of them are making a whole lot of money, 
it's it's not like if you were to release one of them, you're going to have all this extra salary cap or anything like that. So in, in looking in terms of just straight salary cap, yeah, none of these guys really move the needle all that much. They can stay or they can go, and uh, it'll be fine. These guys, a few of them will probably end up on the practice squad, which will be great. Just try to develop them and see what you have. Yeah, as far as the money goes, you're right on all that. I think it, when we're talking about on the field, like I think you know Evan Brown's your your swing interior player. You kind of hope that Stenberg can at least put a jersey on and and get reps in practice, be available if needed. Hopefully not needed. I'd probably put Easy E, which is uh, probably not how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to say it from now on on the show. He he'd be in my practice squad uh, development type player, and then you know the Lions are going to keep Nelson or somebody up on game day just because they need that other tackle where. I'm much more like Penn A can flip over if needed. You know, Hal could – you said he could bump out. I'd rather not have him bump out the tackle. But I usually think you just need that swing interior player that can play three spots to kind of get you by on most game days. But most teams keep that extra tackle as well. So it, they have a really strong front. They have a very expensive offensive line. But this is the year it really needs to pay off. I don't want to hear about, you know, somebody having some fluke injury falling down the stairs or twisting their ankle at the beach right before and they're out half the season we need to see that unit together earning that dough and pushing people around both in the run and the pass game no doubt about it logan we only got about 20 defensive linemen to talk about do you think we can get those done in about 10 minutes here with uh me and you talking ball here on the show uh probably not but i mean for the most part there's only a few contracts that probably incite any controversy on stay or go so yeah, i think we should be able to knock it out We'll do our best. Always fun to have you on, man. Definitely go check out what you're up to at Sports Illustrated All Lions. That's Logan Lamrandier at L Lamrandier on Twitter. So let's just start out with the man, the new cat, the rookie, the guy that's getting all the buzz, Aiden Hutchinson. Like, I, I'm sure you know this off the top of your head, but do you know where Hutch's cap hit is at for being the number two pick overall? Uh no, no, definitely not exact, and I know it always increases as it goes. So I want to say, I'm trying to do the math in my head here. Um, what is it, around $8 million, I want to say, maybe for year one? I was looking for my Jeopardy music while you're trying to compute this in your head. So uh, Hutchinson is going to be like you know right around that seven mark kind of as a cap hit but i mean this kid's getting so much buzz that you're telling me you could get a work hard defensive end that's as young and as big and and as physical they're saying he's got crazy speed and burst too so i absolutely love that number i still can't believe like sometimes i start to sit here and really think man we have hutch and jmo on this football team like in the top 12 those were our two selections so um you still have to love the rookie contracts i think he's gonna outperform it both on and off the field you know what he is teammates already seem to love him so you can get a defensive end that gives you production and leadership and the things hutch gives you for seven million bucks on average i think that's going to be really fun obviously that's going to climb up you know, towards the end of the deal, but basically a rookie deal is is pretty flat for those first you know three to four seasons. So um, lock him in, you know, see him in the jersey finally, eventually rushing the passer. I can't wait to see it. So well, where are you at with Charles Harris? He got re-upped, three million, kind of is his cap hit. 
um, has a low number. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. Has kind of a low number, but uh, he did get a nice overall contract. Are you on board with Harris having another good year like he did last year with his increased talent? Yeah, I, you know, with Romeo coming back and assuming that we were going to draft the defensive end, I kind of didn't think that Charles Harris would be back. I thought he would get actually around the contract he did get from the Lions, but I figured the Lions, you know, having some guys on the roster and assuming that they were going to be able to draft a, a defensive end at the, at the top of the draft like they did, I didn't know if Harris was really a necessity to spend money on, but um, the cap hit this year is light. I know it goes up next year uh, to around $8 million. And, you know, quite a big jump up, I, I'm man. fine with that. Yeah, it's a big it's, jump, it's but it's only jump. two years, two years, 13 for a guy that I feel like this was a pay to play type contract where he's like, hey, you showed up, you have a great mentality, you were productive. We're not going to let those guys walk. We're going to reward a couple of our guys, which they did with him, yeah. Khalif Raymond, a couple others. I mean, I heard all the Lions players saying they think Khalif Raymond's the fastest guy on the team. So, you know, some of these guys I think are great locker room guys that they decided to pay. I don't mind this deal at all. Former first round pick. Um, definitely roll him out there this year and go hunt quarterbacks and see if he's worth that $8 million type cap hit next year. That's where I'm at with it. And I honestly, if he plays like he did last year, I, I think 8 million, even next year his cap. is only 3 million this year. Yeah. Uh, if he plays like he did last year, even in a reserve role where it's just uh, cycling in and out, I think that's more than worth it. And uh, if he, does that again this year like he played last year then i'm fine with paying him eight million next year it's just defensive end is typically an expensive position and if you can kind of you know get a player of his caliber at least the player again that we saw last year at the price point where they're paying him i have no issues but i do get a little concerned every once in a while about those one-year wonders and how they're going to pan out the rest of the career the rest of their career after they get paid I'm with you, but again, I always have to coach you up here on the show that it's about more than what you see just down to down. It's about what they have inside, off the field. I think Charles <laughs> has a real heartbeat now. He's found his spot, and uh, he's a good college player as well. So um, there is an out. If he was to fall off the cliff, Brad Holmes put in an out to get out after this year, and he put in a sneaky uh, kind of voidish type year in 2024 where you pay a couple million, um, but – um, you know, that just helps out the deal on the front end. So I love it. Logan, let me bundle some guys here. We'll keep us rolling. I got my guy, Josh Pascal, taken in the upper mid-second round. Makes around $1.4 million on a cap hit. They brought in John Kaminsky at $965K. That's probably kind of that vet minimum type thing. A lot of hype about Jay Sean Cornell, the guy out of, you know, that school that was vanquished. Ohio State is vanquished. And that school that absolutely, well, you know. Hey, listen. Ohio State sucks. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy that we took like in the later rounds that hasn't done a damn thing, but he's getting a lot of hype. We'll see if Jay Sean Cornell can do anything or if he makes the roster. He's coming in under a million bucks. Um, Eric Banks, those are kind of your DNs, your rush-type players. Obviously, they kind of bundled up Romeo in the linebackers, so I talked about him already. Any of those guys you want to spend a minute or so on? Well, I, I'm going to tee you up. I want to know your quick thoughts on Josh Pascal. A lot of people seem down on him because 
He didn't, per, per, you know, I wasn't out there in mini camps or he wasn't, he's not like blowing people away yet, I guess. Uh, but I'm still super high on this player from a mentality perspective, his contract and what I think he's going to really bring to this team. I think he's going to absolutely flash if he's healthy and ready to go and just get ready for it. Kool-Aid drinkers. <laughs> so with Pascal, I, I, in terms of a straight defensive end, uh, typically you pay those defensive ends to rush the passer. And I, I don't think he is that elite pass rusher off the edge, but given his first step quickness and just his run defense, I think if you move him inside and allow him to play to his strengths, I think he can be a really nice player. And just, I don't want to make any comparisons, but when you watch his highlights against the run, it, it does give you like some Aaron Donald college vibes where he's just blowing everybody up. He's so quick in the backfield and Aaron Donald is a really special player, but I, I really hadn't seen that type of production against the run. And I feel like in a long time coming from a defensive end, kind of five tech, you know, inside type of guy that Pascal is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what he can bring to the table. And again, I, I think you should temper your expectations of him rushing the passer off the edge. So I don't necessarily think he has like that elite bend or anything, but just with his power, if he can gain some weight too, I think he can really do some damage on the inside. So that's kind of where I'm projecting him right now or where I envision him being best suited is more on the inside and maybe being like a base defensive end on rundowns. But given the other pass rushes that the Lions have on the edge. I, I don't know how much Pascal, especially this year, will be on the edge uh, in passing situations when they have so many other options at the position. Well, I thought you would go there, but I want to just volley it back for a second because I know Logan Lamrandier loves the athletes. He loves guys with quick twitch. He loves guys that can run around the corner and kill quarterbacks. He loves bendy players, which I'm all for all that as well. But you want to know why I love Josh Pascal so much, and you brought it up. Because this dude is a beast. This guy is going to be so fun to watch on Sundays. I don't need a 230, 40-pound player that gets pushed around all the play. You know what I need? A big defensive end that can blow you up when you move him inside. He can push you around on the outside. And his relentless Logan. This guy's going to be just getting out after it with effort. He's going to be blowing up running backs. He's going to be getting TFLs. Like, I think when this guy comes into his own, he's just going to be... So dang fun to watch. All the things that we hoped for for some of these other interior type players that we talked about in the past. So I just can't wait to see him. I think people are sleeping on him. I I can agree that it might take him a bit longer depending on his usage. But if there's nothing wrong with his foot or any of his other body parts, I think this guy is going to be a fan favorite as well. And a guy that when he's out there, you're going to feel him. No question. Whether where No matter where he's at. And he's going to be productive. The numbers are going to are going to say it when it's all said and done. So uh, enough about that. I could hype him up all day. We got to get DTs in here, kind of those interior type players before we get up out of here. Dollars make sense. Again, we're talking about contracts. So I want to throw this guy to you. Michael Brockers, you know, the big 30-year-old on the team, makes 8.9 mil on a cap hit. Um, he makes bigger numbers after that. Uh, you know, this is a guy that everybody feels like he's here for one more year. He seems like a great leader. He says all the right things, but you know, if some of their young cats ball out, I could see this being a guy that, man, we love you, but 
we got to keep it rolling and can move on from him. And I don't think he'd care nonetheless. He'd go to a contender or he'd go uh, right off into the sunset and wouldn't worry one bit about it um, and would still rep Detroit. So just take a couple minutes on Brockers where you're at with him. It's a big number. Do you keeping him around because you love him or is it time to move on from a guy like this? <laughs> well, I'm keeping him around, but that's just because his dead cap is $8 million. Yes. Um, and he's getting paid almost $9 million or his cap hit is almost $9 million this year. So it, you're not saving hardly anything if you were to cut him. And I, right. I don't think he played well last year. I think he's well past his prime. He's on probably on the decline, but next year he is still under contract, but I think you have to cut him because he's at almost $12 million next year. And his dead cap will only be almost $2 million. So you can save almost $10 million by releasing them. And by that point, you hope the young guys like Levi can step up. Uh, I think Aline McNeil is well on his way. And, you know, maybe even Josh Pascal, he's in that mix as well. And a couple other additions, but uh, I thought he, again, I, he restructured his contract. I want to say too. Um, I can't remember if he did or not, but I thought he had an easier out after the second year, but I, I get it. He's a veteran presence in the Lions need some sort of uh, veteran presence on the team because they have next to none. They're one of the youngest teams in the league. And I, I think Brockers is the only player on their roster who's over 30 years old. So it's a really young team. Yep. Uh, and they just need depth. You know, they, I think Brockers will be a starter this year, but I, I think, you know, Levi and uh, Aleem are the future at, at the position. So Brockers is probably just a bridge defensive tackle this year. And he, has a contract you really can't get out from under. So he's going to be sticking around. Agree with all that. I'm looking at his numbers here. You know, you're, you're totally right. You don't really say much um, if you were to move on from him. Um, I think you need to see a guy like this in year two with the young cats, even if I think his role could be a little bit more diminished, but if he's just rooting on the young guys and teaching them how to be pros still, um, there is a potential out after this season where you have not even $2 million in dead cap. You don't have to pay that you know, almost $12 million cap hit moving on into 2023. I think that just makes so much sense for everybody included. Give him a gold watch after this season and thank him for all his efforts, you know, and everybody will be uh, be happy type of thing. So, you know, Levi Onzerike, a.k.a. Big Denim, <laughs> he makes, you know, $1.8 million on a cap hit. He's under that rookie deal. He was taken high in the second round, so he's got some proving to do. But, uh, you know, Michael Brockers makes up 4% of your cap. You know, Big Denim makes 0.8. A lot of good contracts, a lot of low contracts here for uh, Brad Holmes and company. You have a Lee McNeil plump in the middle. I mean, he's making 1.1 cap hit. Um, Lots of buzz about him being dominant, being the strongest player on the team, being a stud, as Dan Campbell calls him. Somehow Bruce Hector is still hanging around, big old nose tackle type player. We all know that John Penasini retired. And you got this guy, Demarius Taylor. 
every time I see a video from the Detroit Lions, you got this guy with a big old beard that's getting a lot of pub. He's always in the camera. He's always kind of making plays. So this Taylor kid might be somebody that could be surprising. He doesn't make any money, 710K. Uh, maybe he's a hustle player, kind of that rotational, no-name guy in the middle of the defense that they end up keeping around and, and for depth. Uh, any thoughts on the, the young cats or, or a guy like Taylor? Yeah, they're all rookie contracts, so they're all, I mean, the, the potential, even though Levi Enrique didn't necessarily live up to that, but second round potential last year, hopefully he's healthy this year and got a bit stronger and can do more of what he did in college, and that's just be disruptive, and I think the scheme will help him. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's not like you're going to be moving on from him at any point soon. Uh, so, yeah, I'm fine with his contract. But, yeah, Demetrius Taylor, he's actually one guy I'm really excited to see because he's a bit undersized, but he's, he's more of the gap shooter type and can get into the backfield. And the Lions don't have uh, really many of those guys. Um, at least you didn't see it last year, maybe with this new scheme, with the attacking defensive front that they have. I think that kind of fits Demetrius Taylor's uh, strong suits. And you hope that uh, those will get shown in preseason um i'm not he is like fringe roster type of player but he's a guy who i kind of have hope for that he can really develop because he has some nice traits to him and if, at the very least at least make the practice squad and maybe get called up here and there throughout the season and kind of see what he has because he's an undrafted free agent so he's cheap um it'd be really nice to have an undrafted free agent and we had a couple of them last year but have maybe a couple more this year that can really step up and when their name is called, they make plays. Absolutely. Well, there it is, everybody. Dollars make sense. Offensive line, defensive line. I think Brad Holmes has put emphasis on it. I think the Lions have been building at least the offensive line for a few years now. D line, he's really put a lot of resources in. I love a lot of these contracts. We talked about a few that are um, debatable as we move forward, but 2022, man, it's all systems go with these guys. There's really no big cut candidates. Nobody we're moving on from financially. And Logan, man, we did it. And when I say we did it, it's not that the show's over, which it, which it is actually, but we went a good 35 again, which this is supposed to be your call-in segment. You know, you just jump in, <laughs> jump out. I, I, I think I blinked and we talked football for over a half hour here for the people. So uh, that's usually what happens, man. But I did pub you up uh, two, three times and all the stuff you got going on. I know that you're chasing kids around or at least, uh, you know, doing that grind. You got the... Uh, you know, the job commitments, uh, I probed your stuff on Sports Illustrated. Like, it's just always so fun when you come on, man. But we might have to start making these shows into, like, short segments because we just get going and, and there's no stopping. <laughs> yeah, it's next to impossible when we talk for 20 minutes, especially when we only talk once a month. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, I, I can't thank you enough like I normally do. I mean, is there anything else you want to throw out there, or do you want to just tell um, the Kool-Aid drinkers out there that literally a week from now, basically the Lions will be in training camp, and we will have football from now until, like, February. The Detroit Lions are, like, one of the biggest hotnesses in the whole NFL in regards to hype you know, players on both sides of the football, like I'm sure you're just ready to get it going. Oh yeah. I know. It's uh, so close, so close. And it's exciting. It's, you know, I feel like, you know, once the draft passes, the draft is like my Christmas and then it's just 
wait, 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 <laughs> and wait a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wait's over, buddy. So um, I can't wait for it. Um, it'll be here before we know it. I know everyone is super hyped. I mean, numbers have never been bigger on the Kool-Aid cast as well as um, people are just really excited about this football team, me and you included, I think. So I can't thank you enough, man, for calling up the hotline and, and talking ball here this week on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Of course, man. Appreciate it. Everybody, that's what we got for you this week. We'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.